Hi, this is Mark Raven. Welcome to episode 193 of Lean Blog Audio. This is a post from April 5th, 2017. It is titled, Measures, Incentives, Heart Attack Mortality, Driving Safety, and Statistical Thinking. Well, here's this post in less than 50 words. In this post, I look at the impact, or lack thereof, of targets, rankings, and incentives when it comes to safe driving or PCI or angioplasty procedures in a hospital cath lab. Are we improving? How do we know? How do we improve? So I was recently rereading parts of the book Out of the Crisis by W. Edwards Deming. I wrote a recent post that was also prompted by chapter 11 in the book. That post was titled Dr. Deming on Why Improvement Stalls Out, Today's Patient Safety Parallels. And you can find a link to that and you can find this post by going to leanblog.org slash audio 193. Now, later in that chapter, Deming tells a story from his associate and uh, protege, Hiro Hakabord. Um, it says from the book Out of the Crisis. The manager of the bus company in Pretoria in November 1983 pledged to give every driver a bonus of up to 600 rand or $540 if he had no accident up to New Year's Day. The supposition of the management was, of course, that drivers cause accidents and that drivers can avoid accidents. Certainly a driver has been known to cause an accident, but one also sees drivers avoid accidents several times every day. The management forgot that most accidents are not governed by the driver. What if the driver had a clean record nearly to the end of the allotted period and then got sideswiped by a vehicle? He would lose his bonus through somebody else's action. So one problem with ranking people or giving incentives or penalties to individuals is that it discounts the role of the system in which they work. Sometimes a person doing work and the people working with them can do everything right and still get a bad outcome, as we often see in medicine. But ranking, incentivizing, or punishing individual physicians and surgeons can cause a lot of dysfunction, as I'll discuss in an upcoming podcast with Tom Boothelay, a fire captain and EMS professional. Tom tweeted two references to journal articles that talk about a serious allegation that cardiologists sometimes refuse to take code STEMI patients back into the cath lab because the patient's predicted death um, through um, no fault of the docs would be a quote unquote ding on their publicly reported record in some states. So Tom said in one tweet, interventionalists should not be punished for higher mortality rates of post ROSC patients, remove barriers to PCI. And he said in a, another post, here's uh, a good uh, link to an article about public reporting of mortality after PCI in cath labs. Ranking and incentivizing individuals seems like the right thing to do. But as Dan Pink writes about in the book Drive, the problem with incentives is the side effects. So let's go back to driving. The car accident story from Deming's book reminded me of a time when I worked for a company, um, we'll just say it rhymes with Bonson and Bonson. Since our consulting group that I was a part of was part of the sales organization, we each got a company fleet vehicle to drive. So thankfully, the company was concerned about our safety. The company made a big investment in 
uh, defensive driving courses that we took every three years. And they had a strict no device use policy when driving, which included um, talking in a hands-free mode. They were serious about safety. But there were some problems with the way they measured safety over time. And I've been using this example in a workshop I'm teaching called Better Metrics. And you can learn about that by going to markgraven.com slash bettermetrics. One year when I was working there, we were given a presentation at a team meeting that said in part, our current accidents per million miles, APMM, is at 4.58, well above our 2.80 goal. Well, a simple comparison against a goal doesn't tell us much. A goal like 2.80 is a textbook example of an arbitrary goal. All we know from that statement is that the accident rate is higher than the goal. A more important question would have been, are we improving? What if the goal had been 5.0? The safety performance would then have been better than the goal, but we'd still want to improve, right? The ultimate goal for something safety related should be zero, even if we're unlikely to ever reach zero. If there had been, let's say, a 2.75 APMM that year, which could still mean there was a fatality, um, and that was just under the goal, would the driving safety specialist have been there at the team meeting talking to us? What was more important, hitting the goal or us being safe? Sometimes it felt like not hitting the goal was the primary problem. And maybe it was for her. I mean, her annual review and uh, her pocketbook may have depended on our safety performance. And that's perhaps an unfair position to put her in. Now, they also told us, it said, we have had 25 accidents year to date and seven accidents, almost 30% of the year's total, have been in June alone. Well, again, there's context missing from a statement like that. Is 25 accidents worse than before? June is one-sixth of the first half of the year, or 16.7% of the year. What does it mean that 30% of the accidents occurred in June? Does that mean employees were being less safe that month? Was it just an unlucky month, meaning that the number of accidents, seven, could have been due to common cause variation? I mean, do drivers generally have more accidents in June because there are, I don't know, more drivers on the road or something? As Donald J. Wheeler, PhD, writes and says, data without context have no meaning. And I've, I've written a number of blog posts about this, and I always reference his book, Understanding Variation. Well, they showed us a chart. And again, if you want, if you want to see these charts, um, go to leanblog.org slash audio193. There's a chart titled Percent Vehicles and Accidents Annualized, and it's, it shows two columns. May year-to-date 2007 was 9%. May year-to-date 2008 was 11%. So the only thing the chart tells us is that one number is higher than the other. There's a higher percentage of cars involved in accidents compared to the year before. It's a simplistic two data point comparison. There's nothing to indicate if this is common cause variation or noise, or if it's a meaningful signal. The same system, the same drivers being just as careful driving the same cars on the same roads could create more accidents in some years than others. The data shown on the chart about 4% fewer cars in a year um, isn't necessary because the main chart is showing the percentage of vehicles that were in an accident. Well, then another chart was shown. It says uh, North America 2008 year-to-date crash trend. 
And there's a number of uh, columns comparing uh, each month year to year. Uh, there's a bunch of two data point comparisons. Um, the year to date number showed more accidents, 10% more. Now, again, that left me wondering if that was noise or signal. Uh, the way the data is shown here doesn't show us this. Some months had fewer crashes than that same month the year before, which implies things were safer. But the overall number for the year was higher, which implies driving had gotten less safe. So I took the data that I had available going back uh, multiple years uh, for a number of months, um, and I drew a run chart which again, you can see in the blog post, here's the challenge of describing charts in a audio podcast, but I, I hope you're getting value out of this. Um, so I, I did a run chart and it shows there's ups and downs. Uh, putting in, uh, adding in an Excel linear trend line makes it look like the number of crashes is going down over time. Uh, but I, as I wrote about in a blog post, um, I linked to linear trend lines are statistically dubious. So was our company driving track record getting better or worse? Or were both, both of those things true? Depending on how you represent the data, it might appear that way. So I took the data and uh, instead of using a linear trend line, I drew a control chart or what Don Wheeler would call a process behavior chart. And you calculate three sigma upper and lower control limits. This is a better way of looking uh, at data like this. So what do I see in the chart? I see a stable system that appears to be statistically in control. Based on what's called the Western Electric Rules, I do see there's, there's 12 consecutive data points that alternate up, down, up, down, up, down, etc., but not 14. Those 12 data points could be randomness or noise in, in the system, not a signal. The Western Electric Rules tell us that 14 data points would have been a signal of something that was unlikely to be due to chance. So it looks like from the process behavior chart that the number of accidents each month is neither going up nor down. I mean, the highest number of accidents in a month was seven, and that had occurred in two of the last three months. But again, that was more than likely just noise in the data. The upper control limit of about 10 accidents would indicate that any number of accidents in a month, not that's nine or less, would most likely be noise. Now having nine accidents two months out of three would be a signal per the Western Electric Rules. So instead of asking and continually asking, well, why was the number of accidents higher last month? Or why was the number of accidents above average? A better question would be, what are we doing to improve the system? Or what are we doing to improve driving safety over time? Now, maybe if the company did the safe driving training once a year instead of every three years, well, I mean, that, that would be a hypothesis. I'm not sure how that would have worked out. What if the company didn't allow employees to drive the company cars for personal use? Well, that would reduce the number of miles driven and the number of accidents, but it probably wouldn't affect the accidents per million miles number. But, you know, employees would have been unhappy about losing uh, a perk. One of the key lessons here is to stop asking for a quote unquote special cause explanation when we see common cause variation. Lecturing the employees or showing us that the APPM number or APMM number was above the goal wasn't going to do any good. 
I mean, how did that help us drive more safely? It, it didn't. Could we be more careful? Well, maybe, but I don't count on that. I don't like to count on that as an improvement strategy. So as Don Wheeler writes, he says, quote, you need to live with this process or start changing it. Looking for a root cause isn't going to do anything for you here. There's no assignable cause. Learn what your process is telling you, end of quote. So I tried bringing these points uh, up in a constructive, uh, well, you know, let me show you how to look at the data better sort of way. And I was politely slapped down by my boss who told me not to criticize the program. So, so it goes. How would we reduce patient mortality after PCI or angioplasty procedures, coming back to the, that point, or uh, reducing patient mortality after any cardiology procedure? You know, does ranking physicians do anything to improve the system? Don't we already think that cardiologists are doing the best they can, just as drivers at B&B <clears throat> were trying to avoid accidents for our own safety? You know, what do you think? So I'd love to um, hear your comments. If you want to look at the charts and, and take a deeper look at all of this, go to leanblog.org audio 193.